welcome to Intentionally Foul. You got Scott Howard here, and I'm joined by Streaker. Streaker, how you doing today? Doing great. A uh, lot of news in the NBA today. How are you? There is a lot of news in the NBA today. It's a very exciting lead up to the NBA draft. It really is. I, it's what it's been exactly one week since the season technically ended. So game Game Five of the NBA Finals was literally last Monday, and then this Monday, I, I, it feels like it's been forever because so much has happened. Yeah, no, I mean, well, on a technicality, I will say that I think the NBA season ended July 4th of 2016. (laughs) Fair enough, yeah. (laughs) But, or at least this season and probably next season and probably the season after that. I think all three of them ended on uh, on July 4th of 2016. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, there's been just an unbelievable amount of news. I mean, you have... uh, the Celtics and the the Celtics and the Sixers doing a uh, trade where Philly acquired the top pick and the rights the rights to select Markel Fultz, and then you have uh, the Celtics moving down from one to three, and then getting either the option of the Lakers pick next year, which the Lakers traded to the Suns for Steve Nash, and then the Suns traded to in that three-way trade to Philly to get... Well, that was the one to get Brandon Knight, right? Yeah, that's the MCW yep. Brandon Knight three-way. Yep. The greatest trade in NBA history. <laughs> the, yeah, and, de- I mean, looking back on that, it, it, it just... I, I distanced myself from that trade so much that I like <laughs> legitimately sometimes have to... I, I don't remember until I'm reading something that obviously states... Oh yeah, Phoenix's involvement in that trade that led to the Sixers having that Lakers pick. To to be honest, I think that's what you have to do to like retain your sanity as a Suns fan. Yeah, you just distance yourself from all the stupid shit they do. You, you I mean, you, you absolutely have to. It's it's just utterly ridiculous because otherwise you'd sit here and think, oh great, oh remember that time we could have had this pick that's like in all likelihood going to be a top five pick next year, and we traded it for Brandon Knight, who literally doesn't even play anymore, and I'm not sure whether he's going to play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I hate thinking about Brandon. Knight. Actually. You know, look, I want to touch on Brandon Knight. Let's touch on Brandon Knight okay. real quick. Cause, right. cause this then, is off to then, a great start. You can only yeah. go uphill from there. So, yeah, exactly. That's the idea. So let's get Brandon Knight right out of the way and then see whether we can uh, do better after that. So, <laughs> obviously, they benched him the second half of the season. He didn't play at all. So, similar to Chandler and similar to Bledsoe, but less similar to Chandler and less similar to Bledsoe. He was pretty much garbage in the lead-up to getting benched. So... What the hell are they going to do with him when the season starts? Because I don't think they're going to trade him. They're not going to find a taker. Nope, I don't think they will. Definitely not this and, summer. And I don't want them to attach an asset to get rid of him. Yeah, me neither. So what do they do with him? I think they do something similar to last year where they like try to maybe restart uh, his role on the bench um, and have him come off and see how he adjusts to that. Because he was, yeah, he was incredibly bad last year. And oh yeah, I don't see that was strange because I don't think he's that bad a player. He um, cannot possibly be that bad of a yeah, player. Yeah, so there's I'm sure, there's other things going on there. So I mean, I'd be I, I assume they'll try to have him come off the bench again and play, you know, play some minutes there and see how he fits in uh, in a in a new year, maybe with a couple different pieces around him on the bench. Uh, yeah, so I, I can't imagine really any other outcome. No, I mean it's gonna be just not fun, and I would imagine that we'll be making further jokes about how terrible and unwatchable Brandon Knight is. <laughs> Pretty you much, know, yeah. You, you know what I was thinking about the other day? So let's say that 
And I think we're, you and I are in agreement that they should trade Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, at so, some point, yes. Let's say they do trade Eric Bledsoe. So they trade Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe's gone. They still have Brandon on the roster. They have Tyler Eulis. Let's say they wind up trading Bledsoe for a late lottery pick this year. Is Brandon Knight your starting point guard at the beginning of the season? Oh, man. He might be. I mean, I, I would hope they just say fuck it and start Tyler Eulis again. And, That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. yeah, and then they just bring uh, Brandon Knight off the bench. But either way, it's kind of a win-win, I think. Um well, that's just how sad it is to be a Suns fan. It's, they're going to lose so much if if that's the case, uh, where you know in the 2018 draft is supposed to be stacked. Um, yep. That that's that I'd be fine with one more year of that, uh, and one more year of watching Brandon Knight play. Oh God! Now, if I'm saying it out loud, I feel like a weird taste in my mouth. Yeah, um, how does that feel? That feels pretty good, huh? <laughs> Talking about Brandon Knight starting. Oh man! This Everybody is, loves this it. This is the darkest timeline. <laughs> well, I was thinking about that the other day when I was uh, talking, thinking about Bledsoe rumors, and I was like, holy shit, they could actually realistically start Brandon Knight. I could see Earl Watson doing the whole, you know, like, family, we want to get Brandon back on track. We feel like Tyler Eulis is better suited to be a backup point guard. And then the starting point guard is Brandon Knight for about eight games until they're 1-7, and seven and just Devin Booker's not getting any open shots because Brandon Knight has the court vision of me and you. <laughs> And, and he's he's going to, I bet you anything, if he starts, he will definitely take more long 22-foot, two-point shots than, than he will average assists over that, over whatever <laughs> period of stretch he starts. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, I really enjoy step-back 20-footers. <laughs> Who doesn't? With a guy on you. Yeah. Uh, w- with 18 seconds left of the shot clock. So see, I, if, we're, if we're doing that, I'd, ru- I'd I'd much rather just see Devin Booker take those, and he takes plenty of those. Oh, does he ever? <laughs> yeah, he does not hesitate to take a number of those. Nope, not at all. <laughs> he's very good at it. I mean, he's better. No, well, actually, I think his percentages are pretty solid at that. I remember reading. Some, I only remember this because I used this as an opportunity to troll Kobe again. But I remember reading something that said his. He had a pretty solid percentage on fadeaway jump shots last season. Yeah, it was like forty. If you practice it, if you practice it Kobe style, it's going to work out for you. I guess so. <laughs> uh, anyway, right, so moving so got, on, moving, yeah. moving away from the depression. I was going to say, Brandon Knight. We've we've gotten the mandatory bash Brandon Knight segment out of the way early <laughs> in this episode, so we. Can hey, we tried to be somewhat productive with Brandon Knight. I mean, we tr- you, we you, you tried to say that he should have some sort of role. And, it's true, and, you know, and we did answer. You did have a pretty good question, like what is? I didn't even think about it until you proposed it. Because again, I try not to think about Brandon Knight. He's um, there, and he's not going anywhere. He's not, and so and so we force ourselves to ask the tough questions and to, and to, <laughs> and to <laughs> battle these difficult problems head on, just for our listeners. That's what we do at intentionally foul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so all right. So let's transition this into more enjoyable topics like the NBA draft. Thursday's NBA draft. So, yeah, speaking of a uh, possible timeline where Brandon Knight isn't the starting point guard of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the best the, possible timeline. The best possible timeline. Uh, the only one I, I, will, I will acknowledge from this point on. Uh, there's, a, there's a strong, well, not a strong chance, but there's definitely a, a higher chance, it seems like, than, than it was last time we were talking about it, that you and I, come Thursday, will officially be big ballers. And there, there's a like, there's a legitimate shot. There is, there is now. I didn't think there would be, honestly, a couple weeks ago at all. 
I love. I liked it better last week um, when it kind of seemed like, you know, the LA had Jackson in a couple times and it kind of seemed like they were totally sold on ball. I think for some reason, like this week, all the chatter has seemed to indicate more that ball is going to wind up there anyway. And it's all kind of BS. Right. And then in, the, in that, but, exactly. Go ahead. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's a non-zero chance that Los Angeles picks Josh Jackson and then, Boston now picking a three. I don't think Lonzo's really even on their radar at all. Yeah, I, then, I, I, I agree. And, and then, then the Suns, I think. No, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I think that, you know, if that happens, then there's apparently a chance that the Boston might not take uh, Josh Jackson either. So, Yeah, they had Jason Tatum in again today. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows? He could play out anyway. I would still, I think, be surprised, a little surprised, if um, one of Ball or Jackson dropped to the Suns. I, st- I still I, think they're going two and three. What's What's wild is, I mean, if you had told me, if you had told me a month and a half ago before the lottery that when the Suns pick, either Ball or Jackson is going to be there, I'd be like, fine, we're good, I'll take it, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And, and we fell to fourth, and there's still a chance. I mean, the ball thing, I think, you know, there's a, I, I'd say like a 15 to 20% chance he actually drops. Yeah. But Jackson's looking a little more likely to me at this point. I mean, based on everything I'm reading, it kind of looks like uh, Boston's keying in on Tatum. Yeah, I've, I've seen that too. And, I mean, I can't believe there's still three days left before the draft. I feel like... I know. It's, <laughs> it's an eternity. It's so long. Anything can happen at this point. Um, but... Yeah, it seems like, you know, if they're really into Tatum, as a couple reports seem to be indicating, then, yeah, Josh Jackson could fall to four. And then you know what will happen. The Suns will pass on Josh Jackson and take, uh, I guess, Darren Fox or whoever we like the least. Perfect. Well, like, I'm trying to think of who I would like them to take the least if Josh Jackson was on the board. Who would make me the most angry? Yeah, Tatum will have been gone by then, luckily, so... Yeah, Tatum would be gone. I mean, I guess they could take like Malik Monk at at four or something and just <laughs> yeah. make me bash my head against the wall. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's. I didn't even consider that. I just, I think even the Suns are wouldn't do that. Well, I, I have Jackson's there though. I mean, they're gonna take Jackson. I don't. I don't think there's any way around that. Yeah, I, I um, agree. I think I. I, I mean. I think there's a chance that, I don't know, I don't, who knows what they're going to do, but like they could, Jackson could slip beyond, past them if they if they really sold on Isaac. Uh, well, so, let, I mean, let's play a few scenarios. So, number one scenario, and I think you and I are in agreement with this, ball falls to four, you take ball, right? Yeah. Okay. So, ball doesn't fall to four, and we go, you know, Fultz, ball, Tatum, we take Jackson, right? Yep, yep. So, but let's say it plays out the way everyone had expected it to play out. So, right. Fultz, Ball, Jackson. You're mm-hmm. left with number four. Who's your guy? Isaac, I think, at this point. So, I think I'm with you on Isaac. I, I'm, I'm getting there. I think you guys have, uh, or people have done a pretty good job of convincing me. But I, I do like Fox. I think there's something about the... Uh, the, the athleticism, and, you know, I can deal with uh, not necessarily needing a jump shot, per se. I mean, he can figure out how to shoot a jump shot, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hopefully. Could be Alfred, you know, Alfred he, Payton. Maybe. Yeah, I, don't, that, that, I, I, I don't know why I keep thinking of Alfred Payton. Probably because of the hair. 
It's probably because the hair. Yeah. yeah, you're so biased against against uh, <laughs> hair like that. No, I, I, I like him. I definitely like him more than Alfred Payton. But I, I, I do see your point though, because I think, especially with Booker, um, I think they they share some complementary skills with the slashing, yeah. and, the, and, and the shooting, obviously. Uh, and you know, I mean, you and I both know, and, and everyone in the world knows how much this Suns front office loves uh, guards Kentucky. from Kentucky. <laughs> so, so you know, you, entirely possible that could be that could be the thing. Yeah, I think I think what I like about him against some of the other guys is I think when you're at four in a draft like this, I, I think the the safe pick is probably. I know this is going to sound crazy since he's uh, seven foot string bean. I think Isaac's the safe pick. Yeah, I mean, I I think they it's kind of sim- all the stuff you read about him is kind of similar to what you read about Bender. It's like yeah. you know his ceiling is like super role player, like Andre Kirilenko type of role player. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess I keep envisioning this you know ridiculous front court <laughs> with like. So much defensive versatility. Um, if you know, if they, if they, if those guys would pan out, but yeah, yeah. To your point, I mean, they, uh, this probably is the, the draft to go after a point guard. So, and there's a couple there. I really also like Dennis Smith Jr. I, I know he's not going to go that but, high, but I, I really like him. Well, I mean, if that's your, if that's the way you want to go with it, if you want to, you, you really want to get a Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, maybe that's your spot where you trade Bledsoe and see if you can get somebody at the back end of the lottery or get Smith at the back end of the lottery. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you definitely do that because if you can do something like you did last year and come away with like two guys you liked in the lottery, then that would be a win. But I think you and I have maybe talked about this at some point, but like there, there's not many teams that would probably trade for Bledsoe in that in that where DSJ would is slated to go. I think. You think Sacramento would do it at ten? Yeah, I don't know if he falls to ten, but. They where's it where's it where's it going? New York at eight, Dallas at nine. I guess yeah, one of those. I I would be surprised if he pass goes past Dallas at nine. Well, I mean, so the question becomes: if you really start to look at how it's going to shake out, so we we have our you know the top three. It's going to go in some order. The Suns are going to do what they're going to do, and then you you have Orlando, Minnesota, New York, and Dallas. Right. So Orlando is not, not going to take. Well, I don't think they're going to take a point guard, but I never know what Orlando's going to do. <laughs> yeah, Orlando's, yeah, I, I haven't known what Orlando's <laughs> going to do in like several years. <laughs> I think I think since they drafted Dwight Howard in two thousand four, I haven't known what Orlando's going to do. Yeah, since since their finals run. <laughs> yeah, actually, I didn't since even know they were going to do that. So, I... well, that, that that see, that's absolutely true. And they did that without Jameer Nelson until like late in the playoffs. They were starting <laughs> right. skip to my Lou. Yeah. That's that's I completely forgot about that. It's All Star Jameer Nelson. I never forget about Ray for Alston, so <laughs> I, I won't I won't allow you to forget about Ray for Alston. Don't worry. Thank you, thank you. Um, no, so I don't I don't think they'd go point guard. Uh, Minnesota's certainly not going point guard. Yeah, uh, and then you get into New York, and well, I, Minnesota. Thibodeau is going to throw a max at Derrick Rose. <laughs> and they it just seems like they're almost certainly drafting Lori Markinen. <laughs> yeah. At seven. It just it just screams like what that that's what Minnesota's gonna do is pick Lori Markinen. Yeah, that uh, would not be surprising at all. And then I I, and then I, I I see New York taking uh taking Monk at eight. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Monk goes eight, and then you got nine. One of the point guards goes nine, and then I think another one of those guys between Smith and Frank is there at ten. Yeah. That, I, that's, I that all makes sense to me. And then, uh, if New York takes Monk at eight, I, that's, I actually think it's a really good pick for them. Yeah, I think it's a great pick for them. Yeah. And I, 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 and I realistically think that's uh, what they're going to wind up doing. Uh, the, the fun part is uh, our boy Giberman is going to come over to my house and watch the draft with me on Thursday. So it's going to be fun to watch me go through my shit and then him immediately try to figure out what they're going to do. And oh, both of man. us uh, complaining openly while drinking beers. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a wonderful time, I bet. I mean, what can go wrong with a Suns fan and a Knicks fan watching their tre- teams at the, at, during the draft? <laughs> two, of, two of the world's happiest fan bases. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So there's a lot of different, uh, a lot, a lot of different scenarios out there with the Suns. I mean, we talked about what's going to happen if they go at four. Uh, one of the rumors that's kind of really getting a lot of traction over the last couple of days is the idea of the Suns wanting to trade up to two because they're infatuated with ball. I mean, I take it with a grain of salt because it's Chad Ford and, you know, Chad Ford. But my question to you is, would you trade up to two to secure ball? And what would your cost of doing business be? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, if you're sold on ball as your guy and like the guy uh, to to put next to Booker and build around, then I think you seriously do consider trading up to two. Uh, the cost, the the price you pay for it is tricky because, I mean that w- that would mean LA is not set on ball as the guy. True. Uh, so that you know, and and then in situations like this with the draft, with when it comes. When it gets to that point, leverage is always tricky. I don't know what I would give up to move up two spots for Ball, but I, I would, would you, give up a future. Would you give up a Miami pick? Yeah, I was. I was just gonna say I would give up a Miami pick. Um, My the the twenty eighteen or sorry, we, we we their next year pick is what top seven protected. Yeah. And then the twenty twenty one pick is unprotected, I believe. Right. right. So. I don't. I don't think. I'd tra- I don't think they even want the twenty-one. I don't think the twenty twenty-one pick has. It's such an unknown that I don't think yeah. it's really on the board yet. No, I agree. So it would. I think they would. It would definitely have to be the twenty eighteen one, or that's the one they would ask for. I would absolutely do that. To be honest with you, if you really like ball and you really think ball's a guy, like I, I would one hundred percent send that pick out yeah. to uh, to move up. Because the other thing, if they, if that price is if that price is able to you know fetch that pick, we don't really know what Miami's going to do this summer. Miami could easily like, get themselves to like a top four team in the in the East next year, and that could be like the twenty first pick or something. Yeah, absolutely. And Miami's always with Pat Riley. Miami's always in these rumors and discussions with free agents. Like Gordon Hayward's rumored to go there. They 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 had a decent team with basically very little talent this year. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you totally agree with you there. It's Miami, those Miami picks are definitely unknown, um, and that pick could very well have its highest value right now. Yeah. So. And, but but on the other hand, I mean, you never know. I know it's going to happen in a season. Uh, you know, they started the last last year pretty awful. It's like they were going to be right there contending with the Sixers and Suns for the worst record. But I would bet against that with Spolstra. But yeah, then again, I agree. I would think that the Lakers probably know that as well. I, I don't think that trade's going to happen, but... I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's a very slim chance that would happen. 
I think either yeah, of the Lakers. I just don't see it. I think I, that. I think that yeah. I think the the highest likelihood scenario is the Lakers taking Ball. Yep. And then, or uh, they, or they don't take him, and he falls to four, which yeah, is the second that, most that, likely. And then last on that list, a very at the very bottom is this trade. So yeah, Suns trade up to two. I just, I just don't see it. Yeah. The Suns and Lakers aren't exactly known for making a lot of transactions with each other either, Steve Nash notwithstanding. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, a lot of draft picks and Steve Nash notwithstanding. I mean, I can literally list most of these Suns-Lakers trades. I, 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 I can think of 100% four off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they don't do it a lot, so I just don't see it happening. No, I agree. So... Other things, so other other possible draft scenarios. I mean, we talked about uh, the idea of flipping Eric Bledsoe a little bit. Anything else pop out to you? I mean, any anything you're you're earmarking in the first round, or do anything you like at thirty two? I no, <laughs> <laughs> nothing else. You're good. Not really. Uh, so with Bledsoe, I I mean that, that's the one I go back to. It's it's, that's the most enticing possibility, you know, because he has a good amount of value. Um, sure. According to most people except Bill Simmons. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Can we talk about that really quickly? I think we need to transition we, to that unless you have further draft thoughts. Oh, man. we No, let's just talk about that. I just want to just go over Let's, let's <laughs> this, go for it. Get, this, get right in there. Yeah, this wonderful trade proposal from, uh, from our buddy Bill. Uh, the, the other day, he tweeted out a serious trade suggestion uh, that had the Phoenix Suns sending Eric Bledsoe, Dragon Bender, and Marquise Chris uh, to the Pacers, and the Pacers would send Paul George to the Cavs, and the Cavs would then trade Kevin Love to the Suns. So the Suns <laughs> are giving up Bledsoe, Bender, and Chris. So they're two draft picks, two lottery picks from last year. Their best uh, current player right now in Eric Bledsoe uh, for Kevin Love. And Kevin Love's a good player, but holy shit, this is a terrible <laughs> trade. It's just, I, I love just going through his replies and everyone being like, what are you smoking? <laughs> but, uh, but I think the scary part about that is today, so we saw that draft yep. rumor, that Bill Simmons trade rumor yesterday, it was like, ah, this is stupid, this is stupid, what would the Suns possibly have to do with Kevin Love? And then today it comes out that the like the Cavs and Pacers are talking and they're looking for a third team to facilitate, or the Bulls and Cavs are talking and they're looking for a third team to facilitate, and in both of those scenarios, the person floated towards the Suns was Kevin Love. <laughs> of course, I'm pretty sure Bill Simmons just tweeted that into existence this stupid ass trade proposal and now yeah as soon as i saw the list, i was like shit please don't do this on. So if they if they give up uh, you don't even have to give up that much it's like if you give up either either you know of bender or chris or any valuable draft picks in addition to blood so i it's just why it's like what are you doing like you're not gonna feel what, what like are you accomplishing team. yeah yeah, I mean, let, let's it, it, so it, it happened in kind of a couple waves. So first thing you see today is possibility of the Suns going after Kevin Love, and then you see a bunch of Chicago people saying that uh, Jimmy Butler's back in play, and the Suns are a team to keep an eye on, or 
so you have rumors about Kevin Love, rumors about Jimmy Butler, and then you have John Gambadoro in Arizona talking about how he's heard that the Suns are going to chase Paul Millsap in free agency. So let's let's say you even let's say you get two of those guys. What are you, the sixth at best best team in the West? At best, yeah, at absolute best. At best on a good day. I mean, I would see that lineup and be like, Memphis, we're coming for that seventh spot. We're going to get our shit kicked in by the Spurs in the first round. It's going to be great. And shortcut all our young guys. Shortcut our young guys, Earl Watson. Uh, I, I don't trust him to get us into the playoffs with, with a roster like that. Uh, we don't know. Hell no. Yeah, so what's the point? Why would there's you no do point. that? Just, so there's I, there's I, absolutely no point. It, plus, you take yourself out of the 2018 draft, where if you just let the young guys play a little bit, you get another high pick in this in the 2018 draft. You you hit on one of Bender or Chris, which we you and I have been saying to each other for like a month, for a year at this point. You hit on one of those, you're good. I mean, we don't know how good Devin Booker is, but I mean, he's clearly a hit. I mean, he's gonna be a like a good player in the NBA. I mean, say what you will about his defense, but not a lot of guys can pop for 70 points in a game. The guy could do a lot of things. I don't know what his ceiling is. You want to let those guys play. So what you don't want is a scenario where it's like, all right, our offense is either Paul Millsap creates or we dump into Kevin Love. Yeah. Because Minnesota Kevin Love is not going to be clear. Or other, next, next gen Kevin Love is not going to be Cleveland Kevin Love, who like sits in the corner and they have to go out of their way to involve. You're basing your offense around Kevin Love. Oh, yeah. He instantly becomes the best player on the team, and that's you don't necessarily want a middle-of-the-road team whose best player is Kevin Love while you have a bunch of other young guys. We have literally seen the movie where Kevin Love is the best player on the team, and it ends with, like, 43 wins and missing the playoffs. Yep. And, you know, trading for Love would have been an attractive idea maybe after the 2013-14 season that the Suns had. Absolutely! And I think we talked about it then and wanted it then. Yeah, or even, even Paul, Paul Millsap at the time. But, like, now it just, there's, no. Just, just no. There's no points! Also, there's no point. I also, mean, here's an idea. Uh, Suns are on defense. The, the opposing team puts Devin Booker and Kevin Love in a pick-and-roll situation. <laughs> the Suns lose immediately. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a dunk. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's kind of that easy. And it, like, this is the worst choose your own adventure ever. There's one option, and it's a dunk for the opposing team. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so, it's somehow going to end with Kevin Love and Devin Booker like on the other side of the court, confused, like, what? <laughs> How did we get here? Some sort of like Three Stooges thing where one of them like pokes the other one in the eye. That's, that's what's <laughs> going to be happening. They'll have accidentally scored on themselves. I don't want to see that. So, is there any bit of this you could talk yourself into? Like, anything with Love, anything with Butler, anything with Chasing Millsap? Is, can you talk yourself into any of it? Yeah, I mean, the other thing I, I want to mention really quickly, uh, not so much on the Millsap front, but, like, if the Suns really were going to, you know, throw a bunch of assets into this apparently three-way trade, wouldn't they just do it with Chicago for, for Jimmy Butler and not for Kevin Love? I would think, um, but... Who the hell knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why they would <laughs> why they would send assets to Chicago and then get Kevin Love in return. Well, one of the other interesting things, and this is kind of pretty much always been the case with Ryan McDonough, is you don't really know what's happening until it happens. McNinja, yeah. Yeah, or or until literally the second it happens. I mean, you know, like last year it was. All right, the Suns are either going to take Dragon Bender or Marquise Chris at four. They're either going to take Dragon Bender or Marquise Chris at four, and then like right. When we get to about the seventh pick, it's up. The Suns traded the eighth pick and taking Marquis Cress. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that, that literally just came out of nowhere. I mean, you knew they liked both guys, but you didn't necessarily know they were going to trade into the eighth spot. And I think most of his trades have been like that. I mean, even the free agency stuff has been like that. I mean, I'll never forget the uh, just checking my phone endlessly at the first day of free agency uh, two years ago when it was suddenly, oh, wait, the Suns have a meeting with LaMarcus Aldridge, and they're bringing Tyson yeah, Taylor. Yeah, Tyson Taylor like, came what? out of nowhere to just walk <laughs> into this meeting, and everyone was like, what just happened? <laughs> like, why is Tyson? They hadn't even signed him yet. Yeah. They, yeah. Nobody had even connected the Suns and Tyson Chandler, and then it was... Oh, the Suns are meeting with Marcus Aldridge bringing Tyson Chandler. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. So was... nothing would surprise me. Uh, I mean, that's kind of like my attitude with uh, with McDonough is, you know, if tomorrow we get on and Woj like breaks out, like, oh, the Suns are trading for Jimmy Butler. I'd be like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I firmly don't want them to do anything like that. Yeah, I, I love Jimmy Butler. But so I could definitely, He's awesome. I could definitely talk myself way more into Jimmy Butler than I could with Kevin Love. And oh, pro- yeah, I mean, yeah. Kevin Love has back problems. And he's older, uh, he, and he's not yeah. as good. <laughs> Besides that, I think he's great. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Love's also a very talented player and is better than anyone on the Suns, but he's sure. not and who it, they need. And if he's playing in Indiana next year, I will certainly pick him up in fantasy and watch him go for 28-12 and 12 every, every game, so that'd be great. And he would actually be a pretty pretty good fit in Indiana. I mean, like, if you're the Cavs, why not? You're like, all right, we we have to we have LeBron on their whole mess right now because the other the other news that broke because I don't think we can keep up with everything that's happening today is the the Cavs let David Griffin go. They did. They did. So David no, Griffin. So no David Griffin with the Cavs anymore. So who the hell knows what the Cavs are going to do? What was he? The former uh, he was president like, of basketball C- operations? So, or VP, yeah, I think he's. VP, yeah, I think Lon Babby was the president of basketball right. operations. Um, <laughs> or no? <laughs> what we're oh, no, saying, what we're together. saying is this isn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they weren't together. And it was before Lon Babby because I think he left after Kerr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he left the same time as Kerr. Yeah. But I guess what we're saying is David Griffin is. This isn't the first time that he's left a shitty owner. <laughs> yep. Except for this team had LeBron has LeBron James. Yeah. Who just tweeted out so, on Twitter, LeBron just tweeted, if no one appreciated you, Griff, I did. And hope all the people of Cleveland, <laughs> thanks for what you did for the team for three years. What is Dan Gilbert doing? This shouldn't be... Because if you can lose the greatest player of the last 30 years twice, you gotta do it. <laughs> what? Yeah, I just... It's, it shouldn't be that difficult. He's, no, no, it really shouldn't. Especially at this point. Like, he watched LeBron James walk away. LeBron James walked away. They picked first, like, four times. They didn't really do that well at all. I don't think they ever won more than 25 games while LeBron was gone. LeBron came back, miraculously came back, has taken them to the finals three straight years and delivered their first title, and then he's alienating him. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and he's, he's clear. Yeah, I, I mean, what? Everyone knew that LeBron supported David Griffin, and the guy did a good job as GM, too. It's not even, it's not even just sure. like he was LeBron's guy. He just He was good at his job. And LeBron liked him. Well, he knows the job. And he knows the job. He knew what... I mean, being the general manager of a team with LeBron James is a very specific job. Yeah, and it, um, it, it helps You're building a team around LeBron James. Yeah. I mean, you're adding guys like Kyle Korver who can shoot. Like you're, at, you're, you're, say you're trying to pick Channing Fry up and see if you can get anything out of that. I mean, you're, you're picking the right complementary pieces. Yeah, definitely. And, and to his credit, like he... 
did what he needed to do uh, two years ago, especially with a couple of those trades. But, I mean, all of that is besides the point. If, if you have LeBron James on your team, <laughs> you don't piss him off for the second time. No, yeah, you, you do not do that. That, that is an uh, extremely bad idea. Oh, Dan Gilbert. All right, well, uh, now let all the rumors of LeBron leaving next year commence. Oh, please don't go to the Lakers. That's all I ask. Just go to the Clippers and play with Chris Paul or something. Yeah, I, I, if, yeah, I just can't see him go to the Lakers. Because there was think about it. Like, he, he, okay, so there's rumors that like he, okay, he likes LA. Maybe his family likes LA. Sure, but yeah. the Clippers would make way more sense, even if that if he wanted to go to LA. He's not going to go play for the Lakers for a couple of years and then like be a blip on the that that franchise's history whereas he could win he could win a ring for the clippers he could just continue keep doing what he's doing and win terrible franchises their first nba championship is it is it is it heresy to say that i'm fairly certain lebron james is never winning another championship it's not heresy at all i think that's the likeliest uh outcome at this point and think about his last one i just don't see it most fluky yeah, yeah i wouldn't i don't know if i'd say fluky but the most recent one yeah no one expected that no one expected it, and they had to get some serious breaks in the finals. Yeah, so I just don't think... And then I the team the they got serious breaks against is not going anywhere. <laughs> is he going to go to... Uh, is he going to go to L.A., play with Chris Paul, and then I guess... I mean, I assume Reddick's going to be gone, so he's gonna not, not going to have that anymore. So it's just yeah. basically Chris Paul and maybe Blake? Do they, yeah. they have even have money? They'd have to... I think they would. They... I mean, they'd get rid of Reddick and then, like, probably trade Jordan. Um, Actually, they should if they can if, they, if I think they should try to re, they should resign Blake. They'll have Blake and Paul and Jordan still. And then if they actually convince LeBron to come next summer, I would think that they would they should actually get rid of Blake. Trade Blake for complimentary pieces. Yeah, that makes sense. LeBron's like LeBron's future is a power forward. I mean, yeah, but I don't know if he. What I just think he doesn't like playing power forward for some reason. Like it's clearly it, his best position at this point, but he just does any like former it. wing. I don't think any former wing likes that, especially like I, I think they're all kind of into that. Like you know, you want to be like Kobe Bryant, like having the ball and like jab stepping on the corner with like three. Like uh, Paul George doesn't want to play power forward either. Nobody wants to play power forward except for power forwards. Yeah, and then power forwards don't want to play centers. <laughs> exactly. Nobody wants to move up. It's been they're, Al- like, they're very comfortable in their individual slots. Al Horford's been in the league, what, like uh, 10 years? And he's still, I think, yeah. <laughs> prefers playing power forward, even though he's been a center all his career. <laughs> exactly. All right, so should we transition this back to the Suns? Yeah, I guess we should. So what we're saying is that yeah, LeBron's going to leave Cleveland <laughs> next year and come to Phoenix. Come to Phoenix. Remember when we actually legitimately thought for a day that he was going to come to Phoenix? Yeah, because he was gracious enough to grant... No, he was gracious enough that he had his agent grant a meeting to Ryan McDonough. Yeah, and 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 the funny part, at the time, it made sense. It was the summer 2014. The Suns were 48-34. and 34. They had Bledsoe, Dragic, like, Fry, all that, and they had uh, Markeith Morris. And, they were, they and then were they the had up. just that one little hole... They were definitely on the up. They were, on the up, they were an up-and-coming team. And I vividly remember there was a uh, Woj article about how the Suns were the only team in the NBA that could uh, allow LeBron to play with Melo. They had enough room to fit both. That's right. Uh, f- or Bosh. Yeah, or Bosh, his pick, basically. And then fit both uh, <laughs> along with God, Bledsoe and What Dragic. happened to us, man? That was three years ago. <laughs> I, that was ins- it's insane to think that that was three years ago. What a different world. Well, yeah. 
Oh my god. Now and we're the only like, player now from we're that talking team, about I think that's still on the Suns is Bledsoe. Is that true? Is uh, that right? Alex Lyon. Oh, Alex Lyon. Yeah. Alex Lyon. Well, for for now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I uh, well, there you go. I'll transition to the next point. I heard. Uh, I, I think one of the kind of it's not a sexy topic, but one of the Suns' topics du jour of the off season is uh, you have Alex Land and Alan Williams in restricted free agency. I don't think you're signing both, so I think you're signing one. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it obviously depends on the offers they get. I'm, I, I'm not really, a, I'm not opposed to keeping Alex Len over Alan Williams if it's at a reasonable enough deal. And I just, I, I'm I have, so mad about keeping Alex Len. I know, I know. It's at this point, you just have to, you kind of have to like reset who he is, and and then hopefully, hopefully just for that. But yeah, it is hard. It is hard to swallow. I think that's why so many Suns fans, because he's a number five pick. He was Ryan McDonough's first guy. Um, well, I mean. It's not like he went over. He went ahead of anybody good, like Nerlens Noel or Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one, no one remembers <laughs> Giannis. God. Or Rudy Gobert. Nobody, nobody remembers any guys like that. Oh man. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, yeah. That leaving that distaste aside for a second, uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to keeping him over <laughs> Alan Williams because I think it is. You're right. I mean, it's a fair point you bring up. It's like Alex Land. Came in with the expectations of a number five pick and obviously didn't deliver. Alan Williams came with the expectations of nothing except like a fat NBA player and had, was actually good in, in his role. So I think putting away all context about those two players for a second and how Suns fans view them individually, I still think I wouldn't be opposed But I to, uh, to keeping Alex Lyon over Alan Williams. But I also think Alex Lyon is probably going to get a better, bigger contract than Alan Williams from a different team. So, And at that point, I would just let him go if it's, if it's too much. Yeah, I mean, I guess in theory you could have kind of another Robin Lopez type situation where he winds up blossoming later on. You could. Um, and I wouldn't be... I, I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked if he became a player maybe... Yeah, I would be kind of shocked if he became as good as Robin Lopez, actually. Uh, <laughs> never mind. I would, too. Yeah. I would absolutely also be shocked if he became as good as Robin Lopez. <laughs> oh, man. So I think that's fair. So any other any other things that you think are uh, worth talking about in Suns land? I mean, what other free agents <laughs> the Suns? I yeah. think it should be another summer, kind of like last summer, where if another kind of like backup-ish veteran like pops up on the market who would yeah. be like a good culture fit yeah and that, ideally, that's not, guy. ideally not for four years yeah no yeah no i agree with that i mean if you I can love, maybe if you can get like a i don't know what they're gonna do in the draft but yeah the dudley the dudley contract was four years right last year yeah uh no i think it's 330 okay 330 oh okay that's not as bad yeah but, I think it's, uh, so hopefully nothing long term if you're signing <laughs> a veteran of that much money, but <laughs> speaking of Dudley, though, he basically has been playing armchair GM all over the place. Like he keeps talking about his favorite oh, yeah. players yeah, in the draft. He doesn't give a shit. He's basically in his post-playing career already because he knows he's on the Suns and he's getting paid for the next couple of years. And he's talking about how much he wants to, what shows he wants to be on, and what guys he wants to draft, and all. Well, that stuff. if there's one, if there's one thing I've learned from being a Suns fan over the years, it's barely like being in the NBA. So. <laughs> He's kind of he's kind of not in the NBA. He's on the Suns. <laughs> it's a Basically, different class. He somehow has managed to transition <laughs> into a player front office role already, while he still has two years left on his contract. <laughs> hey, that's 
and he's going to make twenty million dollars the next two years, and, and then he'll get a little more money. And is it's not like he needs athleticism. I mean, dude can play for another six years. <laughs> yeah, he's basically going to be the same player forever. Yeah, exactly. He's been the, the Suns picked him up uh, in a tr- in the J Rich Raja Bell trade in like two thousand nine or yeah two thousand eight two thousand nine I think December two thousand eight and. I think he was the same exact player then that he is now. <laughs> it was nine years ago. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Richard T. It's funny that he's uh, what his post two thousand nine career was, was was when he became Skinny Dudley, and this this is technically yeah. Skinny Jared Dudley. Uh, he I was. Know, I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Well, not this. Yeah, but he's basically still the same despite. <laughs> Like his body type really. Ever since he became not an undersized uh, power forward from Boston College and lost his cornrows, he's basically been the same guy. I wish he grew the cornrows back. I wish so too, so he could become Kawhi. That I think, yeah. That's where Kawhi gets all his <laughs> I think strength. that would really take him to the next level. <laughs> oh my god. Get those cornrows. Speaking of Kawhi, yeah. Can't wait till Thursday. Go back to the draft and have the Suns. <laughs> yeah, back to the draft. Josh Jackson. There it is. I'm making my call. I think that's what it's going to be. I think I, I, if I had like my final, you know, like gun to my head thing, I think Fultz is one, Ball is two, Tatum's three, Suns land Jackson at four. Yeah, I think they. Okay, since you already said Jackson, um, I'm going to go with something I haven't necessarily wanted, but I think is looking more likely. If you know, if Ball and Jackson are gone, is Fox. Fox to the Suns at four. Fox to the Suns at four. So. So we have Tatum on the board, and they pick Fox at four. Yep. So, so that's the speaker prediction. The Scott prediction is Jackson, and we will see what happens Thursday. And, then, and I think uh, they'll take like some. I think they'll take at thirty-two. They'll take some like old guy, like uh, or older guy. Was that Jordan Bell from Oregon? He worked out for him a couple times. So why not him? Oh yeah. Uh, thirty-two. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, fifty-four. 54 will be some guy I've literally never heard of. That's my prediction. <laughs> Pretty much. I hope they find their. <laughs> Find someone that can take Bogdan Bogdanovich's spot in my heart. <laughs> I think that's always the goal is to you know find that replacement Bogdan for you. Yeah, it's uh, it's that hole is it's quite large. Uh, and I don't like to see that. I like you to be happy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, draft predictions are in. Uh, I'm sure some crazy shit will get yeah. around, knowing the Suns, knowing the draft, knowing what everything that's happening in the NBA right now. Do you think? All right, speaking, of, I guess yeah. we'll make a couple other predictions. All right, we got the Suns draft picks out of the way. Do you think Paul George is traded by the time the draft ends? Uh, by the time the draft ends, no. I think he'll get traded uh, early in like the free agency period, though. And then what about Jimmy Butler? <sighs> Jimmy Butler, it's like one of those things that it's kind of like Boogie, where like I'll believe it when I see it. It's just it's been talked about for so damn long. Yeah. Um, I think someone's I think I think yeah, I think I think I don't think Butler will get traded by the draft, but I, I think he'll get traded the summer too. Yeah, that's what I think too. I think Butler later in the summer, George Pob maybe also later in the summer, but with George it's all it's just a matter of when, you know. Butler Butler there's yeah. more time. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't traded by the end of the summer. George I would be. I think some team's gonna take a rental on him, probably the Cavs. I don't think the Lakers are gonna trade for him. Uh, well, the Pacers have to do it now. I mean, exactly. and realistically, like once once free agency starts playing out too. I mean, if they can get one team to leverage against the Lakers, maybe they can get some stuff from the Lakers. I mean, they they need to do it though because I mean his market value goes down every single day. They pretty much have to. So do it. They, they they don't have a choice. I mean, they're not gonna convince him to stay. He said he wasn't gonna stay, but yeah. So I think that 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 one's done. Yeah, he could also. And go I think to it'll Clippers. be Cleveland. 
Yeah, I think it'll be uh, Paul George too. Yeah, for what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know, man. Maybe I mean, if if the Clippers realize they can probably keep Chris Paul, I would like, they could potentially do either do a sign and trade for. Well, I guess Blake Griffin would have to choose to live in Indianapolis. I guess for that to be a possibility. <laughs> um, but trade DeAndre Jordan. But I don't know why the Pacers would do that because they have Miles Turner. So never mind. Clippers doesn't seem. Yeah, like exactly. That. Clippers are out. Yeah, probably. Houston's in the running, apparently. Yeah. They could throw a bunch of first round picks out there. Yeah. But they're not going to be any. Yeah. So then they, their first round picks are uh, what, Eric Gordon or Sam Decker or some stuff like that. Yeah, pretty Montrez much. Montrez Harrell. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Cleveland gives you the best possible asset. And they're in the position, the, the position to most need to take on the chance of taking a rental. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the Pacers getting Kevin Love back in, in a deal like that would be probably their best possible outcome at this point, because with their lack yeah. of leverage. Yep, they have no leverage. Kevin Love's an all star. They that's I think, I think that's probably going to be their best option. And I think Cleveland could probably talk themselves in or talk talk themselves in to the ability to talk Paul George into staying. Yeah, <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think they'll take a, a song on that. But it would be crazy though if like Paul George. Yeah, they take a rental on him, uh, fire on a Paul George rental, and then they and then he leaves. He decides his heart's completely set um, on LA, like Aaron like Aaron Gordon does in Phoenix once, and then he goes, and then LeBron's done. Oh my god, <laughs> who knows. Yep. NBA. All right, we're, we're too far down the rabbit hole. I think we need to wrap this up. Yeah, let's, let's talk about 2024 and what the NBA will look like then. No, we'll save that. We'll save that for the next next episode. I, I think that we should do another podcast in the wake of the draft. So maybe sometime next week, and then we'll uh, kind of do draft reactions and convince ourselves that we love whoever the Suns wound up drafting, which which I think is Josh Jackson, you think is De'Aaron Fox, but we'll probably be Jason Tatum for all we know. Yeah, so next time next time you hear from us in the next episode, it'll be right after the draft, and we will be raving about how we love Jason Tatum the whole time. <laughs> we have really talked ourselves into Jason Tatum. That's a preview of next week's episode. <laughs> and, if, and if Lonzo Ball falls to the Suns, we'll, uh, we'll do our best to get LeVar Ball on here at some point. <laughs> what? Could you imagine? Okay, one, one final thing. Yeah. <laughs> One final thing for me, like if the Suns draft Lonzo Ball, even if they trade up to two, I am going full on Lonzo Ball fan, like beyond big Lonzo Ball fan. I, I'll just go all in. I don't even care. I am like a- I will be like talking about Lavar, Big Baller brand. I will get on there and buy something off the Big Baller brand website the day of the draft. I I am with you. Like I am ready to just dive in and be be a big baller. I, it's so fun. It's be so the fun most to joke fun. About. It's it's just fun to joke about. It has been fun to joke about. But if if I have a rooting interest in the ball family and the ball brand, yeah, I I I will be all in. I'm buying those. I'm I think buying that's those, probably those. the most the most fun result. I think so too. It would just be entertaining with Lonzo and Lavar Ball and the national attention that Devin Booker also gets. The Suns will be always be in the news. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. They will absolutely be in the news on a regular basis. No, I don't think they'll be any good, but they'll be on the news. They'll be in the news. <laughs> yeah, and then between me being Devin Booker's dad and you being Dragon Bender's dad and Lavar being <laughs> Lonzo's dad, there'll be a lot of uh, what a 
obnoxious. What a Father's Day it'll be. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. All right, guys. See you guys soon. See you next time. Enjoy the draft. Thanks.